Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Busy Being Black listeners now have an exclusive discount at my favorite publishing house, Pluto Press, an independent publisher of radical left-wing nonfiction books. Established in 1969, Pluto is one of the oldest radical publishing houses in the UK, but its focus remains making timely interventions in contemporary struggles. You'll find a curated list of my favorite books and your exclusive discount code in the show notes. Thanks to funding from the European Cultural Foundation, I'm embarking on a series of conversations exploring queer Black solidarity across Europe during the COVID-19 crisis. As COVID-19 continues to disproportionately impact Black people and communities of color across the globe, these conversations will focus on how marginalized, othered, and vulnerable communities are coming together in solidarity to share their stories, cultures, and acts of protest and resistance. Thank you to the European Cultural Foundation for investing in our stories. Today's conversation is with Iki Azaid Funes, a Venezuelan migrant and anti-racist activist currently seeking international protection in Spain. She's a survivor of COVID-19, and her experience fighting COVID-19 and the regime of white supremacy in Europe offers important insights to help us all understand how people like Iki and many in our communities so often fall outside the bounds of what is considered human and thus protection, solidarity, and citizenship. She describes her experience in Europe so far as existing within a plantation reloaded and says that the notion of human rights is a fiction reserved for white people. She suggests the pandemic we're living through now actually began with the voyage of Christopher Columbus in 1492, pushes back against assumptions of the inherent radicality of black trans bodies, and says that pursuing love and pleasure is an essential part of her resistance. Throughout this conversation, Iki and I speak in both English and Spanish, a testament to our community's ongoing commitment to communicate across borders, language, and experience. I'm Josh Rivers, and I'm busy being black with Iki Azaid Funes. I think what's interesting about this conversation happening in both Spanish and English yeah. is I think about us meeting each other on the streets of Madrid or yeah. Paris. And yeah. I think about how so many in our communities across borders, across languages, yeah. across experiences, forge an understanding and a connection yeah. Um, when language isn't always the kind of unifying um, mode of communication. Yeah, absolutely. Crucial to this conversation for me is to provide a space to understand your lived experience um, as an individual, as a human. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are you experiencing? And also hopefully to get some more insights into what your experience has been like seeking international protection. Mm-hmm. And this conversation can go as far, as deep, as vulnerable, como si quieres. Yeah. Um, and I will very much be led by you and I will meet you wherever you go as well. So yeah. juntos um, siempre. <laughs> Thank you. 
So I think a great question to start with is how's your heart? Uh, this question is so easy in the same time is so difficult because uh, when you are migrant and black and brown and trans person in Europe, you, you must be strong to, to looking for a forest looking for your ancestral fears to living here. Um, I'm okay right now, uh, but I'm tired too. Mm. Because living here is, it's like a running every day. Um, follow you, the police, the gender police, the white supremacy every day. Um, for the reason I'm tired, but I'm alive. Uh, it's so difficult. Um, find the find the dream, find the um, comfortability to live here, but uh, in the same time, um, is is the same situation that in the past. I mean, uh, every time the black people run to escape, run to live, I am fugitive. Uh, and every day living in fugitivity, mm. like my, my ancestor. I mean, um, and then in my heart right now, I feel like um, like a strong fears, like a, um, with a with that energy, but in the same time, I'm tired. Y eso tiene que ver. Esta forma de vivir cansada tiene que ver con que siempre estamos luchando. Mm. Entonces, en mi corazón en este momento hay fuerza y rabia también mm. en, el, en, el mismo, en, el mismo, en el mismo tiempo. Están operando estas dos energías. Both energy in the same time. Rage and force eh, in the same time inside me. And I think you make a very good point about that being the a continuation of that fugitivity being a continuation of the ways your ancestors, my ancestors lived. How do you, what helps? What helps you um, ease your heart? What helps you find joy? Where are you finding peace? I can find peace with my community with my sister, with my brother, with my connection between the past, my spirituality, my, my Yoruba tradition. Because uh, I think so, the Orisha, Oshala, Elewa, Yemaya, protect me, protect us. And then when I am stressed out, when I can find the way uh, and breathe, it's difficult to breathe in, in this time, and then make a connection with my ancestor in the spiritual plane, but um, in the everyday with my sister, I can find um, a safe space, safe space, not without violence, doesn't exist safe space, 
but when I stay with my sister or with my queer um, POC community, I can breathe. I feel good. I feel safe together. For example, in this moment, I think though it's, it's comfortable time because you can hear me, I hear you. Um, we make a connection because mm -hmm. we are black and brown and queer. And there's that desire for that connection as well, right? That um, I, I think one of the things that keeps coming up for black people this summer is I can't breathe. And this, you know, this, um, which in, in many ways is a bit macabre, right? It's this statement that um, comes out of the final breaths of those who are, many of those who are killed by police. But at the same time, it's a sentiment that's echoed or understood by so many in our communities for whom breathing is um, difficult even when a physical knee isn't on your neck, right? And so I find it um, insightful and important that you specifically say that sometimes you find it hard to breathe. I wrote a text about the pandemic, uh, about the I can breathe because I'm asthmatic. And then all my life, I living with a few air, a little air, I don't know how to say it. Un poco aire para respirar. But this situation, this fact, is my heritage, is my herencia también, because the slavery travel, black people, my ancestor, I can breathe too, because um, there are a lot of people in small space with a few errors. And then maybe I can read right now a short fragment. The title is, We've been, We Don't Choose This Future, We Don't Choose the Colonial Pandemic. In the dark, during the transatlantic time, our body were controlled. The colonial pandemic, prison regime, south to enclave our body and our language. We are black, we are semi-rounds, we're able to escape our black telepathy hasn't been controlled either. The white and colonial pandemic always exists. Post-pandemic time doesn't exist because we're living in anti-black and anti-indigenous and anti-trans world. This is a pandemic world. We know that there are black people in the future because black love, a freedom reside beyond my body. Wow. I, this kind of the, the constancy of the white colonial pandemic. And what a beautiful passage. Thank you for sharing that. I hope you'll send it to me so I can share it with yeah, others. Um, and I, I thought, you know, when you say, when you write that there's no post pandemic, that's what we're seeing so much now, whether it's this, you know, um, 
standing up for Black life and against police brutality, if it's getting through this pandemic, there is this consistent narrative that there's always an other side. But actually, what you make clear here is that there wasn't another side, right? There wasn't a once we got to the desk, once our ancestors got to whatever destination, there wasn't some brighter future, there wasn't some new sun. Um, and now we're kind of living through that, through that precarity again, that, that you know, there, there might not be another side to this pandemic because the pandemic is actually white supremacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because um, the pandemic is or are the white supremacy. Every time they follow us or kill us. And then when the white people say, oh, it's a pandemic. No, no, the pandemic exists from, for example, uh, after tomorrow is October 12th. October 12th was a important, uh, important date because Cristobal Colón arrived to Abdejala and killed our ancestor. This is the beginning of the pandemic since 1492. Mm. Colum our land and kill two indigenous people and then the pandemic uh, is not just in this time, in the present, the pandemic. Oh. Yeah, and then Christopher Columbus brought with him, his shipmates brought with them an actual viral pandemic that yeah, yeah. attributed to that, that killing. And so it seems as if you're saying that there's always a twin pandemic in place, right? If it's a viral pandemic, that viral pandemic is assisted by or made worse by white supremacy. And that white supremacy itself creates its own opportunities for these kind of pan viral pandemics as well. It's this cyclical or in this relationship between white supremacy as a, as a violent ideology and structure and um, bi biological you know, warfare, as it were, in, in, yeah. to, to, to sound a little dramatic, but maybe not too dramatic. It's not dramatic, it's, it's absolutely, it's real, it's, it's a fact. Uh, and of course, these two, these twin pandemics, white supremacy and COVID, both meet um, in your life, right? Often. I mean, you had COVID and you've, you've made it through COVID, right? Yeah, I am. Yeah, it's, it's a difficult, or was a difficult, I think that the COVID inside my body, <laughs> yeah, because... Um, When I hear I can breathe, when I hear this is Brexit, I think about my um, my ancestors in the first time, and then I think about uh, on my own life in the present, and how to live in Europe without air and with a big structure. Uh, for you, and then las vidas negras son complicadas. Y cuando vivimos en una situación global complicada, se complican más. Sí. 
y vivir en tiempos de COVID siendo una persona queer, negra, uh, fue difícil sobre todo para acceder a la salud, a acceder al sistema médico, no porque ame el sistema médico, sino porque necesitaba vivir. Mm. Pero el sistema médico solo estaba pensado para ciudadanos y personas con papeles. Entonces fue difícil pelear mm. para solo acceder al test. Y so because you didn't have the papers that you needed, you couldn't uh, this, I'm in an irregular situation, yeah, with my mm. papers. Um, I'm an alien. Um, I don't have a medical card. Um, the Spanish Spanish people say that the the health of public health is for all people. Uh, it's not real. You need a medical card to access to to health care. Um, it's difficult access to health care without this card, mm. and then you must fight. But you must fight not only with COVID, you must fight every day to find a house, to find a job, to find a food, to find a bed to sleep. And then uh, for this reason, I say the pandemic is not, is not in this time. The pandemic is in the past mm-hmm. and continue right now. And then if you are a migrant and queer person, And, and you're living in COVID time, the situation is worst. It's, it's terrible because the, the structure over you are more strong over you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Las estructuras que están sobre ti, oprimiéndote, te hacen más fuerte y te oprimen más. But in this moment, we make a connection with another person to be strong, to resist. Um, we make uh, a big community and we make, uh, for example, a box, like a box to put it money and make a, um, like a crowdfunding. But every day is no special situation. Every day we, we say, we are black, we are trans, we are queer, we need money to live. And you are white, and you have the responsibility to redistribute your benefits because you thief all our gold, or diamond, or land, and you must to repair us. And then, siempre decimos a las personas blancas que tienen la responsabilidad política de redistribuir su riqueza, su riqueza. y no es un favor, it's not, it's not a favor. Mm. Y es su responsabilidad mm. es la responsabilidad de las personas blancas entonces en estos tiempos difíciles nos hicimos más fuerte en comunidad para vivir and it, it's become clear to me over the course of these conversations and I think what you make very clear as well and I think it's, it's really important to make clear to listeners as well just in case they don't know that seeking international protection is a human right, right? It's understood under international law that one cannot be penalized for seeking refuge, seeking protection. And that it goes so far as to say that 
even the route of entry into the country, the type of entry cannot be used against um, those who might be seeking international protection. And what, what has become clear over the conversations I've been having for the show, for this series with the European Cultural Foundation, and already over the course of this conversation with you, is the way that European countries do not uphold, and governments do not uphold and live up to these kind of very basic international human rights um, dictates, which say that you should be able to seek international protection and not be penalized for it. And this penalization happens when you don't have the Tarjeta America, yeah. and you can't get the support that you need um, from the state to support your application. And I, I find this to be such a big, a big gap, right? That yeah. our people like you are trying to survive within. Yeah. It's difficult, this question, because um, first, we are not human. I don't want to be human. I know that there are big concept about the human right, but the human right is a fiction only for white people, because black and brown people are not human. Um, it, it's not a joke, it's not a fantasy, it's real, because if I live in Europe, if I don't have medical card, it's because the white supremacy think about my body, not like a human. Do you know what I mean? And then it's, it's a trap. It's, it's una trampa. It's una trampa pensar que existen los derechos humanos. Es una trampa pensar que Europa nos va a salvar, nos va a proteger. Mm. I don't believe in Europe like a cyber. And then I think so the Europe one kill ups. When Europe, when Spain don't give my medical card, it's because mm. they kill me. Yeah, momentito, actually, I want to, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. that's a really fascinating point. I don't live in Europe. Yeah. No, of course no, I don't. I don't trust in this, in this fantasy. I don't trust in, in Europe. I don't believe in Europe. But you also actually, uh, aside from not living in the, or believing in the fantasy or the fiction of human rights in Europe, you also, and many like you, many of our LGBTQ siblings, black and people of color siblings, are living in this um, liminal space, yeah. right? This yeah. space into which the fantasy yeah. of human rights becomes yeah. revealed. Right, and so you're not protected by a state. You're not protected financially. You're not protected with community outside of that which you forge with, with others in this space. Like that's a fascinating point that Europe doesn't actually exist for people. Yep. Wow. It's so complex because like you say, we're living in a liminal space in the borderline between humanity or no humanity. And then the human rights is a fiction. I can play this game, but I never, um, I never win. Yo nunca voy a ganar en ese juego. Mm. Es un juego de ficciones y siempre estamos en el límite de ser humanos y no ser humanos. 
y jugamos allí, pero yo estoy aquí no porque yo crea en Europa, no porque Europa me va a proteger. Mm. Yo pienso que no estamos a salvo en ningún espacio y siempre estamos escapando para vivir. Y las personas negras, brown, cimarrón, um, we live in a different time than white supremacy. You know what I mean? Because we live in, in the past time, in the plantation memory, but the, the plantation of finish never ending. The plantation is now too. Yes. I will even remember my ancestors in the plantation memory and are living in a new plantation reloaded. You know what I mean? Sí, es muy <laughs> Entonces, estamos siempre con la mente en otra temporalidad y viviendo el tiempo de sí. la plantación contemporánea y living here in this plantation. By the, but I think about the plantation that my ancestor. Sí. Y ver cuando hablamos con perso per, um, personas como ti, que el surveillance of the state, um, la brutalidad de la policía, um, las reglas de citizenship, todo es una réplica yeah. de plantación. Es como mm -hmm. está diciendo. Sí. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. To live freedom card. Yeah. <laughs> sí. I, this card es firmada por el jefe de la plantación. Sí. El jefe me dice, tú puedes vivir aquí sí. porque yo te doy el permiso. Like the past in the last, in, in another plantation. Um, when I, if I, if, if I want to rent an apartment, I need papers. If I don't have paper, I can rent an apartment. It's like a slavery time. Si la persona esclavizada no tenía libertad, no puede tener propiedades. Mm. La persona esclavizada necesitaba el permiso del jefe de la plantación para moverse. I can't cross the border without paper. I need the, my white boss open my door, open the borders to a cross. But without wow. paper, I can't. Sin papeles, sin el permiso del jefe. Entonces, pensar la plantación como un régimen político que se reactualiza constantemente uh, es importante. Sí. The plantation is a political range, that re regime that uh, reloaded every time and every day. Sí, hay una libra de, um, ¿dónde está? Hay una libra de Simone Brown que se llama um, Dark Matters. Y el, libra, libro, um, momentito. Um, y en Dark Matters, Simone Brown, and this is part of what is fascinating about this conversation is that here you are um, effectively in Madrid Um, seeking international protection and you have equated your experience as like living in a neo-plantation state 
right? You cannot move without your papers. You cannot access housing without your papers. You need permission from the head of the state to say you are a valid human being, you are a citizen. And actually what Simone Brown- And you, and you can make building your body and your gender without Right, without, without permission. Yeah, tú necesitas permiso del jefe de la plantación para construir tu género y tu queerness. Tú no puedes transicionar sin el permiso del Estado wow. y del jefe de la plantación. This is the question, because there are a different way to be trans, to be queer, but the state, el jefe de la plantación, coloca una sola forma de transicionar y de ser queer and trans. Yes. Una forma médica, jurídica ah, y bioquímica para ser trans. Sí, porque necesitas tomar medicaciones para ser trans. Uh, I say trans con With quotations, wow. But this, what you're revealing is this surveillance that, uh, or this neoplantation um, structure that is so often attributed to the US is actually European. Right, it's um, it's it's a it transcends the borders of the U.S. and Europe, and becomes this um, regime, as you say, that is enacted upon black and brown bodies. Even those of us who do have citizenship, and those of us who are guaranteed a certain level of um, rights. I forget Zakia Jackson um, writes that even for those black people who are deemed human, they are deemed lesser human, and so still fall under this. A neo plantation regime. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what would you What would you say? ¿Qué dices a ustedes? Que cuando piensas de tú y tu experiencia, um, se um, se ven un tipo de radicality. ¿Entiendes? angry. Everybody is like a first. It's like a um. It's like a pet set, you know. Mm. And then when you say, "Ah, oh, you are radical," it's like a. Tú no eres una persona calmada. Tú no eres una persona civilizada. No, it's a, it's like a tomboyist, because the race is no good, but the white supremacy. Every day make a violence against us. And this is violence. It's, le, le, it's a violencia legítima. Mm -hmm. Es una violencia legítima. Pero la violencia de los cuerpos negros en contra de la supremacía blanca es rabia, es radicalidad, es peligroso. Pero si yo no accedo a la salud, eso no es violento. Si yo no puedo cruzar una frontera, eso no es violento. Y esa es la violencia que la supremacía blanca hace hacia nosotros. And then every time the people say, are you a radical or oh, no? You, you must be nicely. No, I don't want to be nicely. 
And I think it, it's not nicely with me. No, <laughs> why should it, right? And I think that in this, when people look to you and, and, and think radical, I also think it is dehumanizing too, because then there is no espacio para el interior or your hopes or your, your wants, or your desires, or your longing or anything. Yeah, absolutamente. Cuando la persona me dicen que soy radical, es porque me están viendo like a black and white woman, like a fierce, like a, um, yo no puedo pensar y no puedo ser lo suficientemente racional como yeah. la persona blanca, porque lo radical está asociado con la violencia. Y la violencia siempre va a existir en nuestro cuerpo. No hay un lugar fuera de la violencia. Siempre existimos desde la violencia. The violence is in my body. Mm. Doesn't exist a space without violence. It's a fiction. It's a Christian fiction. The paradise without violence. It's a white fiction. Wow. I'm, I'm just <laughs> letting that sit, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's so terrible. Um, I have a friend, yo tengo una amiga trans de Brasil que se llama Jota Mombaza. Ella es artista, una bicha travesti. Y ella habla de la redistribución de la violencia. To redistribute the violence. Oh, yes. Um, she's talking about the devolver el golpe. Like a uh, did back again, yeah, mm -hmm. against the white supremacy, because she say, like, nosotras recibimos mucha violencia, los cuerpos negros recibimos violencia desde que nacemos, y tenemos el derecho de devolver esa violencia. Sí, como Malcolm X, right, by any means necessary. Yep. Yeah, I was watching a video from um, Mona, I'll, uh, I don't want to get her name wrong. She's an um, Egyptian activist. And she was talking about um, decorum, um, patience, um, niceness, being a tool of the oppressor, that us participating in this idea that we have somehow to be um, nice and well-spoken and soft and gentle with the oppressor is a type of violence because it is this suppression of what is a very natural rage. It's a very natural response to look at the system around us, to look at how our trans siblings are being treated and say, that is fucked. And I'm not going to be quiet about it. I'm not going to sit down. I'm not going to spare the oppressor's feelings. And so I wonder how, how are, are there ways that tu y tu comunidad juntos are finding ways to express your anger and your rage in a way that you find helpful y saludable. Yeah, I think so with my community, we can say way to live together and with pleasure. It's important this is because sometimes straight uh, people um, white and straight people think about our life. I think about the rage, la rabia, and think about our body uh, without pleasure. 
mm. and placer. And then I think it's important to make a community with pleasure and with a, a space of pleasure too. Maybe a party, maybe a picnic, maybe a meeting and hangout, whatever, but with pleasure because we need pleasure to live. Mm. We need love and pleasure. Um, para mí es importante la resistencia de ser placer sí. y que la resistencia sí. sea placentera. Eh, bailando, comiendo, tirando, follando, pero con placer, porque la supremacía blanca nos roba el tiempo. The white people, white supremacy, um, stolen, stolen our, our time, our life, default time, and then we need Again. robar y recuperar el tiempo, recuperar la tierra, recuperar el tiempo, recuperar el placer también. Entonces, pienso que nuestra comunidad, cuando pienso en comunidad, pienso en buscar el placer también, en todas las dimensiones del placer, como all dimensions of pleasure, sí. not only sexual, libidinal sí. dimension o dimensión libidinal del placer, sino en todas las dimensiones del placer. ¿Piensas tú que en esos, en, en esos lugares liminal que tú y tu comunidad se viven, hay una oportunidad para safety? Mira, I think sometimes that this ability or this invisibility Uh, right now, yes. Yeah. Sometimes I think, I wonder rather, if invisibility is also a form of safety. So this space that you and those in your community occupy, this liminal space where you don't live in Europe, you aren't recognized by the state, that it brings its violences with it. And I wonder if, but if it also provides escape, if it also provides a space to go undetected, if it provides a space to pursue pleasure and libidinal, uh, fraternal, you know, intracommunal, if there's also some safety in that, in these liminal spaces, what do you think? Hard question, because the visibility is a trap. The visibility never save us. Because, mm. for example, what happens when you walk in the street and there are police and you are visible for the police? The police stop you. <laughs> the police fuck you. Um, what happens when you, when you walk in the street and you are invisible? Never see you never 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 find you i think so it's a trap the visibility but at the same time it's necessary sometimes <laughs> um but i think so the there are uh, trans black um clad release norton release norton talking about the plantation of visibility. Wow. Um, yeah. 
Period. Yeah. <risa> Muy fuerte porque la plantación de la visibilidad tiene que ver con un régimen oculocéntrico sí. de ordenar el mundo. Y la visibilidad es una trampa, la representación también es una trampa. Entonces, ¿cómo vivir en esas, entre esas dos aguas en un espacio liminal, between representation and no representation, between visibility and unvisibility. And then I think so it's important across this border sometimes, sometimes mm. I want to be visible, sometimes I can't be visible because if I, if I will uh, maybe I can die. Si soy visible, puedo morir en algunos momentos. Si soy visible, mi vida está en riesgo en unos momentos. Entonces, creo que tenemos poderes para saber cuándo estar visible y cuándo estar high y cuándo ocultarnos. Sí. And I don't want to suggest that the solution lies in the liminal space, right? I don't mean that whatsoever because that's not the point, right? The point is that the that these that the protections, the promises have to be extended to all people. And we're questioning whether or not that's even possible in, in the neo-plantation state. I I do think that looking at the gaps, as I'm learning from um, Terry Alice Pickens, looking at the gaps, the cracks, the folds, um, provides an opportunity to see the potential for safety or potential for other futures. And I imagine that the sense of community and sharing and solidarity, you mentioned La Caja earlier, where you're all putting in money, that here we see the potential for community, um, how it should be, right? Not necessarily under duress, but that here we see an example of people um, looking out for each other in ways that are really life-sustaining, and that includes pleasure. Yes, there are a gap between escape or no escape. There are a gap between visibility or no visibility. It may be this is possibility to live or not, stay safe or not, and then, uh, For, for this reason, when, when we start, we start this conversation, I say, I'm tired. Because every time you might think how to find a branch to, or way to escape or not. And then I think so black and brown body every time are tired. Every time like this project are busy busy think about how to live busy uh, think about how to escape busy I like this name busy to be black because it's this reason I am busy because <laughs> I think about all time like como vivir en este mundo anti-blackness anti-trans and then every time we are tired We are almost out of time already. <laughs> yeah. Esta conversación um, había momento, momentico. ¿Cómo se dice? Momentos. Momentos, sí. Momentos. 
Um, y um, lo final, por final. Sí, um, para el final, para terminar. Para terminar, um, la pregunta que um, se preguntó, se pregunté, that I ask all of my guests. Me preguntaste, yeah. Yeah. What do you hope for? Espero, espero vivir. Espero estar con mis amigas en el futuro. Espero que este mundo in the future will be queerness, travesti. Espero reproducirme y ser millones, a million of queerness on invasion of millions queer people and tranny people in this earth. Espero que la supremacía blanca finalice, hmm. extinga. Sí. <laughs> dream. Y espero tener fuerzas para, para seguir viviendo. Es difícil, pero espero eso. Pienso en el futuro y pienso en esta artista negra uh, inglesa también que hablaba de que en el futuro hay personas negras, habrá personas negras. Alicia Wormsley, Wormsley, I think so is Alicia B. Wormsley. She's talking about the future, black future, and she say in the future, in the future to be exist black people, black and brown people. Entonces pienso eso, que en el futuro vamos a existir nosotros. Thank you so much. Gracias a ti for your generosity, your yeah. wisdom, your insight, your challenging theoretical and intellectual, um, you know, uh, prompts. I feel um, really, 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 really honored that you would share your, um, your thinking, your feelings, and your life with me and, and with the Busy Being Black audience. Gracias a ti también por tu energía y tu comprensión. Y fue un placer tener esta conversación y conexión. Iki Azaid Funes is a Venezuelan migrant and anti-racist activist currently seeking international protection in Spain. In the show notes, you'll find her recent essay, Nosotros no escogimos este futuro. And for those with the means, you'll find a link to her PayPal. Thank you to our newest funding partner, MyGWork, the LGBT business community. MyGWork is a global recruitment and networking hub for LGBT professionals, graduates, allies, and organizations to promote diversity and inclusion in the workplace and beyond. And as the landscape of work changes beneath our feet, MyGWork's focus on ensuring LGBT voices and experiences are heard is as important as ever. Find out more at MyGWork.com. Busy Being Black is the podcast exploring how we live in the fullness of our queer black lives. Thank you to our partners, UK Black Pride, Blackout UK, The 10th, and Schools Out. And thank you to you, the listeners. Remember this, your support doesn't cost any money. Retweets, ratings, shares, and reviews all help, so please keep the support coming. Finally, thank you to Anthony Giles, a queer black Grammy-nominated producer based in New York City for these bomb-ass Busy Being Black beats. Ashe.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.